0: podcast guys i'm your host frey weight i'm here with my co-host kenny and today we are here to honestly this is who made that noise that was you right i'm not gonna own up to that okay well, <laughs> i heard i heard whatever the fuck that is but you make a random noise literally every episode i feel like so at this point i just let it go uh but yeah we're gonna be talking about a bunch of random stuff i feel like because a lot is going on this week in general so for me i just completed God of War 2018. And this has been the longest that has ever taken me to complete a game because I started it last October. I almost died last October. Mm -hmm. And then I like I didn't play it after that. So after I got out the hospital last year, I just never went back to it. And now it it got back to October, and I found out that Ragnarok was coming out in November. And I was like, oh fuck, I still haven't beaten that game yet. And I want to play the new one because everyone's gonna be playing the new one. I don't want to be left behind. So, I had to basically spend out a big portion of my October going through the game. And my intention at first was that I was just going to rush through it because you can beat a God of War game in like 20 hours if you just go straight to all of the arrows that say this is your next objective. Like, if you don't care at all about doing any of the side stuff, because the game is like 60 hours total if you do everything in a side quest and all that stuff. But if you go straight to every arrow market that says continue the storyline, you can beat the game in like 20 hours, no cap. So I told myself that that's what I was going to do. I cannot do that to a game. I'm sorry. I just can't. Like, I don't have it in me to play a game, especially a really good game, a game that won game in a year, mind you. Got to wear one game in a year. It's one game in a year many times in the past, too. So I just was like, there's no fucking way I can convince myself that I'm going to not do anything besides the main story. So while I was playing it, I still wall crawled, looked for every chest, like, I had to beat every Valkyrie. I had to beat the Valkyrie Queen, which I did that yesterday, too. And that was, like, really fun. Is like, she, like, the secret boss or something? She's the secret boss. She's really difficult. You beat eight Valkyries first. Then you put all their helmets, their their decapitated heads, on top of a throne. And then she appears. And when she appears, she starts to fight off by, like, slamming your fucking head into the ground. And the fight just kicks off right oh, there.
1: yeah. I actually did see... Either Ant or Kevin do that fight. I don't remember which
0: one. Yes, she because w- she has the attacks of all eight Valkyries that you fought before. So she's just an amalgamation of everything that you've already done. And you need to remember how you dodge certain attacks. They all have different timings. They all have different dodges and specific things you have to do. So it's a very intricate fight. It's very fun. It took me six tries to be her, which is actually probably the lowest amount of time it took me to be any of the Valkyries. Because the first one I fought, I had no idea what the fuck i was doing i had just started the game again and it was really hard for me and combat was like the hardest thing to pick up because if you haven't played a game in a year you know your fingers are just stupid so i was like well starting a game again and not knowing that i was that close to Valkyrie when i stopped playing it before really crazy um but yeah i beat god of war so we're going to be doing a god of war podcast at some point uh, and that's one of the things that's been going on, but then also on top of that, like I've been on vacation, Pasadena was last week, this week was another YCS, I believe the last YCS of the year as far as in real life, there's a remote one in December, I believe, but as far as in real life YCSs, this one in Germany today was actually the last YCS of the year, so I I spent some time watching that, since so this is like six hours ahead of us, so in the morning I was able to watch that, and I just want to talk really quickly about the drama that kind of happened, where... Uh, Joshua Smith was playing in top four. Joshua Smith was playing a top four, and he went into time basically. Uh, now, just to preface this, like he won the last YCS. It 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 ended in time, like the YCS that he won in Europe like a month ago. It ended in time, and it was in his favor, and he won the tournament. Right, and also there were a couple games on stream of him playing where like he re- resonated, gained a bunch of life, and won. On top of that. I'm saying that yes, because yes, I
1: remember this. I remember this. Yes.
0: I'm saying that because today, this time when he was in time of top four, uh, he lost. He was on the opposite side of, of the time rules. And Uh-oh. it was Do drama I know where
1: because, this is going.
0: Well, it was just drama because when the guy ended his turn, there were like five seconds left on the clock. Joshua drew for turn. There's like two seconds. And Joshua's like attack, like battle phase attack. And the judges are like, uh, that's not how that works. Like that's just unfortunately that is just not how that works. Like you you cannot do that. And not only that, on top of the judge being like that's just not how the game works. Um, the opponent just had multiple things that he could do before battle phase.
1: Yeah, and draw phase, standby phase, main phase one. And I'm like, not even
0: I'm not even talking about stall things. I'm talking about like things that he would do if they were playing normally because his yeah. life dependent on it. Like things yeah. that he would actually do in draw, standby, main, like, he had many interactions, so Josh, like, obviously threw a fit on camera, and was like, oh, like, I, you know, what the fuck, like, I, I want to just attack, I in to the battle phase, whatever, and then they, like, eventually decided that they didn't want to show us them, the judges and him arguing back and forth, because they were all surrounding him, and he was, like, trying to plead his case, but then everyone who was in the comments was like, yeah, it's over, like, there's no way you're getting another turn, there's no way you're, like, getting to your battle phase, your opponent has multiple responses, they're all going to take time, you know, no one got a slow play warning, so it's not like, It's not like anybody was, like, legitimately slow playing. In fact, that last turn that the guy played, he was doing so many different things, and he was, like, doing this new thing that people, because of the time rolls, they speed up so much at the end when they realize that they're about to go into time. But they played a whole game normally. They play 40 minutes normal, and then as soon as the last minute is there, they start fucking going through their decks, throwing cards down, grabbing cards from the extra deck, cards get spilled everywhere, it gets really messy and really hectic. All of a sudden...
1: What they gotta do is take that last minute and refine that and make that their normal gameplay but refine it so it's less messy yes
0: because that's what is so awkward to me is that last minute everybody all of a sudden doesn't have a response to anything like the person who's basically about to lose all of a sudden now they don't have a response they just want you to play as fast as possible they don't want you to look at a graveyard they don't want you to search your deck for like more than two seconds it's just ridiculous so the whole thing i hate i hate watching it and it's something that just became a, a thing in because of the time rules. Like, this wasn't how people played before. It was just a new thing now, because you have to get into your battle phase. So he tried to draw and go straight to battle phase. Unfortunately, Yu-Gi-Oh! has never really worked like that. Like, you honestly just can't be like, draw to battle phase. Like, that is just not how it actually works. So, anyways, after they cut the stream and came back, they were like, yeah, the ruling was... uh, you know, Josh couldn't enter Battleface. The keep is short. Like, that was the ruling. And yeah. he ended up getting third place. So congratulations on third place. Congratulations on another really good showing. Um, But, yeah, people in the comments were like, oh, Josh was robbed. And this is so unfortunate. Josh would have won, and all this sort of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, and not just me, like, I saw Jeff Jones commenting on Zodiac Duelist and, like, a bunch of other top players just saying, like, you guys are being ridiculous. Because literally a month ago, this man won. Uh, like, basically... Because of time, like he definitely had yeah. games where he won with the time rules, and you could argue, oh, he would have won the game otherwise, but that's just not like hypotheticals don't matter at the end of the day. Like, games were won and lost because of time, they will continue to be won and lost specifically just because of time, and everyone has to accept that. and Sometimes you're on the right side of the sword, sometimes you're on the wrong side of the sword, but that is the game that people play when they sign up to play Yu Gi Oh! in modern, uh, right now. Yeah,
1: I, I just don't understand how you could argue. That he got robbed if if the last tournament he won he won using like the a time, rule time type yeah he won using like a time rule type thing with red resonator and everything like yes. that's specifically a time rule type card that's not a card you play
0: no normally. that's another thing like, like it's so that's specifically
1: blatant, right? a time card right yes. so anyway and he's not and the only, this,
0: i want to I also say real quick like he's not the only one who does that pretty much almost oh yeah, no. almost everyone is citing a time card except the Go Hani Joari who literally just won the YCS in Pasadena with no fucking time card. Shout out to him because that's insane. But everyone else in top 32 and top 64, they're all yeah. selling time cards. And oh, yeah, but go ahead. Everybody it's,
1: understands that this is the game, right? This, this is, is the game. game. So let's not pretend we don't know what the time rules are. So it's yeah. just really weird that he he gets into a time rule situation and then I didn't see the tournament, so I don't know how much he argued or how much he complained about it, but for him, if he did complain about it, or any of the people, or any of his fans, it's like, you guys know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! You guys know what the phases are, like, you know that you can't go draw battle, like...
0: This is a 3 time champion. Yeah,
1: even if, like, even if the guy didn't have any responses, it's the same, like, you still have to go stand by main and yeah. give him a chance to have a response, even if he doesn't have any, because... That's just the way the rules of the game work. And to say like, oh, that's unfair, that's stalling. It's that's the same thing as playing Red Resonator. Like it's that's utilizing, unfortunately, the rules that are currently in the game. Like it's what. But that said, the guy had responses anyway. Uh, yeah, the I guy mean. had
0: legitimate responses. It so it's not even like it's not like somebody is going to go draw phase. I'm going to MST my own field spell, which is something that they would never normally do right so that one is a little bit more sm- a bit more sketchy because like you would never destroy your own card for no reason other than the fact that you wanted to do something to make the clock go down longer that's yeah, a different yeah. conversation that's not at all what, what happened here that's not all what we're describing what we're describing is his opponent was going to play on josh's turn because that's how the fucking ishizu tier deck works period that's they were playing yeah, an air yeah. match and that deck plays on both people's turns and a guy had apparently like jeff And Mike Albanese and a couple other people comment on my status and was like, yeah, Josh lost no matter what, because he was never getting the battle phase. The guy had multiple interactions. Like There was all these things he could have done. So it's unfortunate. Obviously, it's unfortunate when games end in time, period, because you just want to see a game, especially in top cut, especially in top four. It's annoying that games even go to time in top four. Like, there's no reason that a top four match should be decided by time. However, it was last month and uh, he was on the right side of the sword that time. This time he was on the wrong side of the sword. Unfortunately, it happens. But anyway, I just want to say that like there was no great injustice done to Josh. Like it, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it is the game that everyone agreed to play when they signed up and paid their money.
1: Yeah, I guess I just don't like when people complain only when it's in their favor.
0: Yes, that is problematic, and that's what I didn't like about the comments because I you know, we don't really know what Josh was trying yeah, to yeah. Even though. There was no, he had no, there was I'm no mainly talking about the away. comments
1: as well. Like the yes. people that were like, my favorite player didn't win because of this. And it's like, yeah, well, that's he the didn't complain last that. week.
0: Exactly. When he won, there was no like, oh, what was, you know, what was his opponent, Dick a Boy, who got in time or whatever, because Josh gained a bunch of life points. He wasn't that. So, anyways, anyway. uh, moving right along, we have a ton of listener letters, and I don't want you guys to feel like we neglected you. Mm-hmm. So, I figure let's just take an episode to go through these and discuss these because there are at least like five or six of them. Um, so, for people oh, yeah. who want to write into the podcast and have us discuss your thoughts or previous episodes or anything like, literally, any topic that we've already talked about or something that you want us to talk about, or just you have a question or you want some advice or anything write into I am their Podcast at gmail.com and we will read it aloud on the show. Again, that's I am their Podcast at gmail.com and we will read it aloud on the show you can also, if you're in our Discord server, because you're a Patreon member, um, you can also just, you know, kind of write it in there as well. But the first one, and I'm going to read these actually in the opposite order of what I would normally do. Normally, I would read the oldest one first and then go that way. I'm actually going to read the newest one first and then go backwards till we get to the oldest one. So this first one comes from Austin Cruz. Uh, he says, I got to admit, I would collect German cards too. my Glad Beast Core is all max rarity German, except for middle and Secutor English. I still want to pick up BA in Italian. However, I agree with current Yu-Gi-Oh not being the best suited right now for foreign cards, unless you're fluent in that language. Having to remember so much already, adding a different language is just so much extra. By the way, since your first win was with Gravekeepers, Keepers coming back during the Shizu format, seems kind of fitting if you decide to. Couple things about this. Yes, foreign cards. I used to be obsessed. There was a time where the whole Yu-Gi-Oh community was obsessed, and yes, because yes. I was a top player. It just added more to the mystique and the, I don't know, just the feeling of being like at a higher level when you had a spell ground, a calculator case, uh, all kinds of other little special It was was
1: part of the the whole appeal. The package, right? You definitely, there was definitely people who were like fans of players. And I know like, I remember hearing people talk like, oh, you know. Frazier has a German Smashing Ground. Like, just yes. hearing, like, on top of him, like, oh, look how good his mat is in his case and his calculator, and his German Smash S- Smashing Ground's the one I think of the most for some reason. <laughs> I-, I feel like German Smashing Ground, like, was a card everybody talked about at one point, because that's the one that sticks out the most to me. <laughs> and by the way it wasn't played like nobody played smashing ground in their deck but i feel like (laughs) german smashing ground was like going around the tables like people for whatever reason wanted that card i don't remember the reasons german super
0: rare smashing ground i remember just liking a lot of the cards from i believe was it phantom darkness whatever so i had dark arm and so like a lore of darkness and dark arm dragon having those cards german back when i was younger was so fucking cool they just looked because the other thing about european cards the actual cards are darker Like, they're just straight up darker. Whatever printing they're using over there is blatantly shades darker. It's so noticeably darker, and it looks really nice to people who are used to seeing English cards. And I guess, for them, it's the exact opposite. Our cards look really nice to them, being lighter. So when I see English cards... or Or
1: they might be like,
0: these look whack. It's one or the other, but I have to believe that the opposite is true there. Only because when the Germans or whatever come... When the Europeans come to America, they trade all of their cards... For American cars, they go back and they sell them for profit because the people yeah, over yeah. there want them so bad. So they get money by trading to us because we want German and, and and French and Italian. So they make money then here. They go back home and then the people there want the English cards. So it actually is like double dipping. It's actually a really profitable strategy that they've been using for over 10 years now i don't i don't know the exact number but i remember when i was playing 10 years ago that was happening where they would get a pop here and a pop there i was like damn damn, they're they're profiting both ways people people were willing to pay money to swap their cards. so like i have a first edition dark arm dragon english you have a first edition dark arm dragon german they're both mid condition there's nothing wrong with them i will swap you for the german one however you have to pay for the German one. Like you have to give me something on top of it. So that's Damn. insane. That's just an insane like little economy that, that used to exist. What's crazy about like that? that
1: but. What's crazy about that is you Americans, you guys let them juice you, all right? Because if if they they know that you're going to resell their German cards, that's why they're like, oh, we're going to put a premium on it. But you know they're going to resell the English cards. You're like, wait a second, we're doing the same thing. This isn't even trade, bitch.
0: <laughs> it isn't even trade, but somehow, some way. But yeah, so. That's a thing that goes on. I, at some point, I don't even know when. I don't even know what happened to me. I just stopped liking foreign cards because of the hassle. I, I guess it's, you know what? I think I do know what happened. Konami started making really strict rules about having to carry around translations. You I had remember,
1: to, I didn't play at the time, but I remember when that happened. I remember people talking about that when that happened.
0: I don't like that shit. I, I never liked the idea of having to print out actual translations for people to read or write them out yourself. Like, you even had to do one or the other. Or even write out all the stats, which I would
1: not trust. I would not trust somebody writing it out. I am not reading your notebook.
0: Imagine trying to read a random person's (laughs) fucking handwriting.
1: I am not reading your fucking. You could just also you could just like change the wording, like you could change an if to a then, like fuck you. Oh
0: man, that's crazy. You could change an if to a a when, when, like hell no, like yeah,
1: no, fuck you.
0: (laughs) I could not imagine. Also, just a, a random person's handwriting, like for example, I'm a random person. Reading my handwriting is not easy. I don't have the neatest handwriting. I have pretty decent handwriting, but it's decent for me. For everyone else, go
1: ahead. There should have been a ruling where if you you have it handwritten, it has to be handwritten by a girl. Girls just have factually better handwriting than guys.
0: It's not even close. It's not even close. Like i agree i agree 100 so yeah i got out of the whole foreign thing a while ago because i just don't want the hassle of someone ever let's say there's like five minutes on the clock and all of a sudden your opponent's like hey can i get a translation on this i'm just curious about one specific part of it i'm not doing this especially with yeah, yeah, how yeah. time and you get right now time is so fucking crucial that if somebody asked to read one of your tier cards i would just be sick because all the cards have so much text so there's not even like a what's it do? You could just say it real quick, like Dark Hole says destroy all monsters on the field. There's, the cards don't do that anymore. There are just so much text on every card now.
1: So Yu-Gi-Oh! already started adopting this. Like they already started doing things like keywords. Like they changed graveyard to GW or
0: GY. Yeah. Um Pierce is a word now.
1: I think they sh- I think something that would really help is they have to go a step further. They have to like Go a step further with keywords and just like make them bold. Like, would you say, like, pierce bold and like no description, just yeah. pierce bold? That's what the card does. And yeah. then, like, like it does no, something like else like flying, yeah, like,
0: pier- uh, piercing, like what trample I think yeah. it says it. I and just like put
1: it in bold and just like really cut down on the bloat of the wording and all of the like. Yeah. For example, the term bounce, right? Like, we all use the term bounce colloquially. If they don't want to use that term and use it something... But, like, just make bounce or, like, that effect of bouncing a card back to their hand or whatever. Make that a keyword. Pop it on a card. Like, that might really help cut down the bloat of, like, how big the cards are.
0: Every Yu-Gi-Oh! card could just be done with bullet points. I think that cards... Yeah,
1: 100%.
0: I think Yu-Gi-Oh! cards should just be bullet points. I think every effect on a card... Should be boom, 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 one, two, three, four bullet points and be done. I don't I don't see any reason why they're still being written in these paragraph forms. I they don't need it to so be much. written
1: in a and they don't need to be written in a way that we read like they 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 don't need to be written like in English, if that yes. makes sense. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: it doesn't need to be written in like normal text. It's, it's just like so excessive. I understand early Yu-Gi-Oh maybe, but at this point, especially with how far it's come, like bullet points, keywords, like,
0: yeah, bullet all. points and keywords will solve a lot. Unfortunately, there's still paragraphs, and if your card is German or Italian or French or whatever, if somebody has to see a translation, I do not want to lose any precious minutes having to show an opponent a translation of a card that hopefully everybody who plays on the YCS would know. Because even if everybody... You just argue, oh everyone should know what triple tactics talent does. Not everyone does. That's just Yeah, yeah. Not everyone does. I I don't know what I don't know what to say. Like I, not everyone does. It's just unfortunately, or you might be playing some obscure shit that just came out, like the bestials. You know how long it took them for me to learn the bestials who just came out? Like not everybody might know exactly what they do. So and in Shizu card, same thing. They just came out the first weekend that they were out. Uh a lot of people didn't know exactly what they did. So
1: and Chris Not only Bronco, did they just come out, I won't pretend I know anything about them because I don't, but Based on my conversations with you, they are some of the the decks and the cards go into very high chain link numbers. There is a lot of skill in resolving the chain yes. links and like doing so like that's something them being new on top of that, like that level of tech skill that's required to play them and, and like sequence it. That's going to require reading anyway, because like you need to make sure you're sequencing your responses correctly.
0: Yeah. So the other thing that uh, Austin said in his listener letter was uh, since my first win with Gravekeepers coming back during a Shizu format seems kind of fitting if I decide to. So I thought about this and it would be a really good time because of the whole like history of me and everything It's interesting because Necro Valley is being played right now. I was watching the finals or maybe it was top top eight. I was watching. The, well, the guy who was in the finals was playing Necro Valley period today, like today at the YCS finals, the Flunderies deck was playing Necro Valley. Um... And that I was I didn't know that, that card was played, and the Shizu cards are also all like you know, Shizu, Necro Valley, Gravekeepers, that's all a big theme and thing. And it would be cool to come back right now, but I refuse. I think that the, the issue that I have with Yu-Gi-Oh, the biggest thing, and we just talked about it, is just the time. I can't deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot deal. I would be so frustrated losing in time the way the rules are set up right now. Now, I I always say this. I like to play at a reasonable pace, but I am by no means a extremely fast player. And I feel like you are low-key forced I to be- I also
1: think you're stubborn in the way that, like, I feel like, just like how we talked about this, I think it was a Patreon-exclusive episode, but for those of you that may not have seen it, Frazier was saying that, like, he decided his major in college because it was literally the first one alphabetically, yeah. right? I think that you're the kind of person where, like, like, you would- you would almost like not want to play faster out of spite like not out of spite, but like you play at your pace that you're comfortable with and you wanna make the best decisions. So like you wouldn't want to like speed up and like you you get what I'm trying well, to say? You like never,
0: I just don't want to ever be caught on camera doing that thing that people do in that last minute where they just ignore all of the And I'm saying this is
1: a good thing, by the way.
0: All the rules and foundation of Yu-Gi-Oh to try to get to the battle phase. I hate that shit. I don't wanna it's just cringe and embarrassing to me. I don't want to be a part of it at all. Uh And I, like I said, I'm not the fastest player, but I'm also not a slow player. Like, I know how to end a match under 40 minutes. In fact, in Edison format, I don't really go into time in Edison. Like, Mm -hmm. one of my friends asked me today, it was Nazar. Nazar asked me today through Facebook Messenger, he was like, yo, how are the time rules at Sidemus, since everybody's talking about time rules now today because of the fiasco, the drama. He was like, how are the time rules for the Sidemus that you played in Pasadena? And I was like, I actually don't really know because I do not really go into time. And I think that the time rules are not like modern. I remember it was something about end of the turn, at least. Um, it's definitely not modern, Where's end of phase, that's it, check life. It's definitely not that. 100% it's not that. I don't know exactly what the time rules are, uh, and, I, and I do think that they were modified from 2010's actual format time rules, but they're yeah. not as steep as modern end of phase done. Like, it's not that. So, Either way, uh, Modern Yu-Gi-Oh! still does not interest me. I think that the game is... It's fine. Like, it's whatever. You know, it's very different from the Yu-Gi-Oh! that I'm used to playing, but I could learn it for sure. There's, that's not the issue. It's more so... there's so many things that I do not like about it, uh, and I don't feel like reading novels. Every card is yeah. a fucking novel. I'm just not interested in that.
1: It needs a... Uh, because I also think... Because, you know, a common thing is, like, the boomers are like, oh, you know, Modern Yu-Gi-Oh! sucks. But you think about it, I, you know based on my brief experience with it in Master Duel, which I know isn't modern but it's kind of modern. It is
0: it is modern though. No, it's but very modern.
1: I think Modern Yu-Gi-Oh is really fun. However, I had the same problem, like, time in that game and just the time rules in general. The, the game can really use an overhaul in just, like, the text boxes and, yeah. we you know, we already described it, No reason to say it again. But yeah, it just needs an overhaul to even kind of consider wanting to do it again because yeah. there's just too much. Especially if you play against cards you don't know, you're like... Like you said before, there's like 15 playable decks, even if they're not all tier zero. It's like, if I don't know what the fuck you're playing, or like you have one key card in there, it's like, I got to read it and it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, I think having. I, kind of, I always used to say back in the day, and I think a lot of people had the same sentiment is that if your opponent has to read your cards, you won. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to be caught dead reading somebody's cards in the middle of a match for the first time, finding out what something does, because I always just feel like that's some. That's some anime shit that like you activated my trap card, and they have no idea what the trap card does. And you're, you're like telling yep. them it does all these crazy things. And they're like, there's no fucking way that card does that. And you're like, no, it really does.
1: Like having malefic stardust face up.
0: That's one of them or playing Royal Tribute. And your opponent literally calls a judge on you because you have no hand when you activated it. And they're wondering, how can you activate that card? If you don't have a hand yourself, then the judge says, yeah, he could activate it. It's fine. So stuff like that. I don't want to be on the opposite side of that ever. Anyways, the next listener letter comes from Dan Glennon. Dan says, "Hey guys, keeping it short. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose and why? Think about it for a minute. It's actually a revealing question. Mm. <laughs> Who wants to go first with this one?"
1: So, I, uh... <laughs> 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 I have a couple answers on this. All right, okay. And so let me, let me work through them. First of all,
0: mine is very straightforward, and people might not like it, or I guess people will like it because it's so me but let's see right. what you have let say.
1: me take a guess on you um, let me take a guess on you okay then first. you
0: probably know mine you
1: I, know i'm over. I have two high. guesses i have two guesses all it's right. either a the sharingan okay or or b kizaru's devil fruit
0: <laughs> okay those are both close all uh, right so i,
1: I, I wasn't there right. so what is it you,
0: time manipulation complete control over yeah. time i mean so yeah, that's insane. like light <laughs> space time like you know like you you were in the ballpark. But mine would be complete control over time. So yeah. whatever, whatever I want to do with time, I can literally do it. And there's nothing. I don't have any limitations on it. There's no bullshit. Like, I just completely can control time in every possible way.
1: Yeah, it's broken. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's insane. Uh, who wouldn't want that for me? And uh, I remember having this argument with somebody a long time ago um, where when you'd have those nerd arguments of like who would beat who in a fight, right? And then, like, you know, let's just use Goku as an example. And then someone would bring up, like, some character in Marvel that's, like, a super-duper god that, like, opens and closes the universe and stuff. And it's like, well, they're not fighting if they just turn the universe off. Like, that's not a fight. I don't really care about that. That's just, like, you turn the universe off, cool. That's not... So, anyway, the... I don't think Saiyan is a superpower, but I like the idea of like being a Saiyan and like training and working and getting stronger and learning new techniques. Like that's really cool and like getting into fights with other aliens or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Saiyan's a superpower. That said, recently, I was like, you know what's just broken? Fucking and I've been reading Bleach. The fucking Aizen's Kiyokusu. Like
0: oh, it's outrageous. <laughs> that, thing,
1: that is so outrageous. like the the perfect hypnosis is in obviously time is even better because you can just redo things yeah, as much yeah. as you want to you get your result but perfect hypnosis is insane it's
0: so fucking broken i mean it, so people, who, people who don't know aizen's power in bleach the anime and the <laughs> manga is that he controls all five of your senses and you don't really have to there's there's really not like anything you could do about it <laughs> He there just really con- isn't. He controls all five of your senses. So, and what that means, because I know when you just say it like that, it doesn't sound as ridiculous as it is, but when you put it into action, first of all, he's outrageously powerful without that ability. So, let's just preface it with that. He is yes. godly without <laughs> ever using that ability. And there's an entire episode and manga panel dedicated to a character named Ichimaru Gin, which is one of Aizen's subordinates. It's dedicated to literally how strong Aizen is without using his actual abilities. So when he uses his actual abilities, complete control over all five of your senses, he can make you believe that you are attacking someone else. He can make you believe that it's daytime when it's night. He can make you fucking jump off of a cliff and kill yourself. He can make you literally just straight kill yourself. You can't feel anything if he doesn't want you to. You can feel everything if he wants you to. You can't see anything if he doesn't want you to. You can see everything if he wants you to. It's really bad.
1: It just goes to such an absurd degree. You know something I thought of recently? We've talked about this a bunch, but we talked about how uh Fan her kai was like if she touches you twice in the same spot, like you die. Yes. Um and then She'd... she did that to she did that to Aizen <laughs> and he just was like, Yeah, no, he like overpowered it, yes. right? Because of his he he said, stronger.
0: Than stronger than yours?
1: You know what I thought of the other day? What if that's not true? What if she just never touched him twice in the same spot?
0: We will never know. And that's what makes him so fucking ignorant, bro. What if, he, what what if he she
1: actually just never touched him twice in the same spot? And Eisen, what he said is not true.
0: Aizen has crumbled me so many times, Kenny. I've crumbled <laughs> I've crumbled talking about this man so many times. He's my favorite villain in anime, by the way. Like, I love Aizen so much. I've crumbled... So many times because of this man. I literally don't even know where to begin. Like, he's so ridiculous. The fact that you even brought him up in this is, like, breaking me right now. Because I think about shit like that all the time. Like, what if Soifan never even touched him? Not even once. Yeah. She but, doesn't know what the fuck she did. No one does. She only, really doesn't. The only person in that specific instance that saw what was really going on, if they were even, like, really paying attention, was Ichigo. Because Ichigo was not under the effect of the complete hypnosis. Because at the time, he never saw Aizen release his sword. And mm-hmm. that was the condition... To activating it is that if you ever saw him release his sword, you are forever. Like it's just like the Fourth Hokage. And yeah, that's the
1: other thing that's fucked up is that like <laughs> there's no like keeping it turned on. Like just like whatever he wants. Like it just it's the same happens. thing
0: as the Fourth Hokage. You know the Fourth Hokage, uh, Naruto's father. Yep. <laughs> he has this thing where he could put a seal on you, and he can teleport to that seal at any point in perpetuity. Yep. Which was useful when they fought Obido at the end of the series because he was like, Oh, that's still on your back. And he teleported the fucking Obido. Like, that is dumb. It's really dumb. But Aizen has the exact same thing. It's just the Japanese. They love that shit, I guess. The perpetuity nonsense. But yes, Aizen's that's ridiculous. Insane. His power is one that I would definitely love to have. But the reason why I chose time is not just because it's overpowered, because I do want to kind of say like why I chose that. It's it's also because of uh, real personal reasons too. Like there, I do live a a good portion of my life thinking about the past. Not necessarily regretting or resenting and stuff like that, but I do what every other human does is think about, man, if this one thing was different or if I got to see this person one more time because they are no longer with us. Of course, yeah. I think about stuff like that. Like if I could just visit, if I can go back to when this was happening with my family, everything was great, everything we all like were happy and just all of these different Points of my life that I will want to revisit just to experience the feeling again, not necessarily tamper with them and change them, even though I, I can't deny that I would for sure change some things. But there are moments in my life that I would just want to experience again. And, like, you know, but that's the beauty of life is that it just goes forward and we just have to have those memories. But with the time ability that I would have, I would be able to go back and relive certain things or change the way certain things played out, um, even save lives and stuff like that. And now, granted, I know for you people who love the Flash and know a lot about his comics and all that stuff, he does try often to go back in time and do things, and it just is disastrous. So it never
1: works out right. It
0: never works out right. But I, my 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 control over the entire because that's not his power is not really control over time. His power is just like he's fucking fast as shit, he can access the speed force, but he doesn't literally control all of time the way I want to control all of time. So I would not yeah, have it. Yeah. I'm just saying, I would be above mm-hmm. that. I would not have that same butterfly effect issue where like, oh, I kicked over a chair in 1917, and then literally all black people are erased from existence 2,000 years later. Like, it, that doesn't, like, that just wouldn't work like that. It wouldn't be.
1: Yeah, perfect me. control over time would be insane. I mean, it's so hard to pick, like, what is the one? Like, for me, it's if, if the world, if, like, if these powers exist and there's, like, other things to fight, mm-hmm. like, I would want to oh. have, I would want to have, like, a saying like ability, because I want to actually fight them. Um, I don't want to just, like, time erase them from existence. But yeah. if it's just, like, normal life and you haven't have a superpower, uh, complete control over time would be awesome. Yeah, Perfect I wasn't, those yeah,
0: because mine had, I didn't even think about fighting, because I just assumed I have this ability, no one else has any abilities, and yeah, just, yeah. That's but if if I have to fight and all that, I mean my ability is still ridiculous for that. But I I said it yeah. without that thought. Mine is like so sentimental. It's like it's overpowered, but it's not just me being overpowered because that's all I like. Is it's it's more so like it's overpowered because I do like that, but also because it has a real function. I could have easily easily said because one of the other things that I really really like is the ability to fly. Like I think that would be so fucking cool or like teleport and stuff like that. But I can't do the sentimental things I want to do with those powers. Um, so I uh,
1: I guess I'll also say <clears throat> for the time thing, if if utilizing that you could, you know, stop yourself from aging,
0: then uh, 100% I would, be
1: above then death. That would be I would then I would change my answer to that. Otherwise, I would say like you know, I'm gonna use the word perfect again because I'm I'm liking using yeah. it. Like perfect immortality, whereas like even if the earth exploded, I'd still be alive. I'd just be floating in space mm-hmm. because
0: I who wants to die? <laughs> oh, so you actually wouldn't mind a world where you're just floating.
1: No, as long as I was alive, eventually I'll fucking float to another planet. Yes, true. Like if you just lived absolutely I I remember I talked about this on stream a while ago and like people brought up because I was saying that like more than anything, like, you know, who I don't want to die, right? And who who does? But, you know, because I don't believe in things like heaven or whatever, like I, I really mean it. Cause like some people think, you know, they don't want to die, but they also think when they die. You know they're gonna go to another realm, and I don't think that's true. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so people brought up like you know I wouldn't want to live forever because then you'd have to watch all the people you love die, and like that would suck and everything. And as like kind of messed up as it sounds and it's awful, eventually you just would get over it. Like obviously it would you would remember it yes. and it'd be pain, but the the term "time heals all wounds" is kind of true, especially if you know there's no end to your like. Eventually, as sad as it, like, if somebody that you love in your life died, of course you always miss them and there's always a hurt there. But you have moved on with your life and live your life and go to work every day. You don't live in the crippling state of emotions you were in the day they died or the yeah. week after they died or the month. They, eventually, and so a million years from now, like, yes, it'll still suck. You probably still remember your parents. and still hurt. But, you know, so much time has passed. You have, have you ever seen the show? No. So. That that and the boys were, like, uh, up there on the list, and I want to watch them back-to-back. Back. Obviously, you guys know I've seen all the boys yet, but I haven't had a chance to see Invincible yet.
0: I want you to watch Invincible, I think it's only, like, ten episodes. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon <clears throat> Prime, right? Yeah, they're not crazy long or anything like that, but there's something I really want to say, but you are hitting the nail on the head already, so I'm just going to expand on what you are saying. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So you said, if you lived forever... It would suck, yes, that your parents die and your family die and stuff like that, but eventually you get over it. I agree with you because of the idea that after a while, those deaths would have been such a small portion of your life. The yeah. reason why they hurt us so bad and stay with us so bad in real life is because we only live so long. Like Humans live usually less than 100 years. So if your mom dies when you're like 40, 50, 60, something like that, that is you know, most of your life, like yeah. she was around for most of your life. Right. So unless your mom dies extremely, when, you know, unfortunately, when you're very, very young, you're like 15, your mom dies and you live to be like 80. And even then, I don't think that that's long enough what we're talking about. And I think what, what Kenny's talking about here is like, if your parents died in your regular life, but you live forever. So they die when you're like 60 years old, right? It's a totally normal time for around when parents start kicking a bucket. I'm 60 parents, probably like 80, 90 That's around the time when they're going to start kicking the bucket. Sometimes earlier, sometimes later. Anyways, they die, but you live another 6,000 years. Like, that first 60 years of your life where your parents died is now such a small portion of your life. Like, that's such a small... And yes, you will probably remember them forever and all of that, but I do think... Because even regular deaths that happen, you eventually, like, not get over completely, but you do
1: move on. Yeah, it's not that you get over it, but... You, you go you move on with your life like yeah. you eventually you have to as they, like they say the world keeps turning your life goes on and then yeah. you have to go back to work you got to go back and do all these things and you have those moments where you have fun again you go look you, you have, have fun and laugh else, and smile and, you, and all that stuff yeah. but sometimes when you're alone and it's quiet you'll think about them and you'll be sad but the point is like it eventually like with every day the pain becomes less yeah but it, it never goes away but it comes less and so like in the span of six thousand years like yeah it'll still be there you'll still remember it but like you'll, you know, be doing other things and have so many other experiences and lived so long. You've done all yeah, these like different years, things. out of like six
0: thousand, less than one percent of your life. Like that is that is less than one percent. Like you know, it's less than one percent of your life. So yeah, so um, yeah, so, immortality. yeah, immortality is crazy. Uh okay. So he also says I would want to be a waterbender. I'm creative, resourceful, and adaptive. To best use water bending, you gotta be all three of those things. Thanks, Danglin and Ziggy. Um, and he said, "P.S. Pick anything overtly god. Picking anything overtly godlike is cheesy. Uh, so hey, funny. Hey, we, but you hey. know, we have to be true to ourselves.
1: I, I think I don't think between the two of us, we had one suggestion that wasn't overtly godlike. Yes. <laughs> like Yes, but that's what like, we the are. Sharringan is godlike, yep. especially if, if it upgrades to the right. Renegon. Kizaru." Uh, time control, perfect hypnosis, immortality. Yeah, Listen, I don't know what to tell you.
0: And I purposely read this listener letter the way I did. I didn't read the whole thing and then right. go back. I read it in sections because I wanted us to just be like honest about our answers. Because I re- I remember reading this when he first sent that. This. this was sent on October 15th, by the way. So it's been a month since this was sent. And I remember when I first read I said, oh, that's interesting. We'll get to it eventually. I just closed it. And I, and I saw the last line that says, picking anything over at like Cheesy. But at the end of the day, We are who we are, right? So, like, I'm not going to pick—I love electricity as an element. So anytime I play a game or anything like that, the character who uses uh, electricity in any kind of way, I tend to gravitate towards them. I loved uh, Sailor Jupiter and when I used to watch Sailor Moon. I love Killua. I love Sasuke. I love, you know, all thunder things. I just love, right? And I could easily pick that power, like, control of electricity. And that's not overtly godlike by itself whereas, like, time manipulation, all the shit that we already said is, but being true to myself, that is far down the list for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that, like, being static shock is far down the list. I'd, I'd rather just control all time.
1: Yeah, like, I love uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, I love all the bending, but in order to get me to pick a bending style out of everything, like, you're gonna have to ask me out of the four styles of bending, what would you pick? Because like
0: yes, if that's what you wanted me to do, like you chose water bending, which is very fair and like all of that nonsense. If that's what you wanted, then you had to say what bending would you want because you were not getting that with what su- you. If the question was if you could have any superpower, what would you choose and why? Think about it for mm-hmm. a minute. It's actually a revealing question. That was the that was the first line. So for me and Kenny. If it could be any, like, when you use the word any, it's strong for us. We're nerds. This is called the... Yeah, yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. If you use the word any for us, be prepared. I'm going to the top, baby. <laughs> I'm going to the top. You lucky I ain't like say yeah. God. I could have just been like, yeah, I want to be man. God.
1: <laughs> like I said, like, if if the option to, like, fight P- a- aliens and shit exists, like, I would love to, like, be a Saiyan. Because I would, like, because, you know, we know where Saiyans end up. And obviously they start <laughs> broken, but yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't start broken. Like they start stronger than humans, but you know, they're yeah. like kind of whatever. They're just like strong guys. Yeah, like
0: they don't start off with instant transmission, where they can go to any yeah, yeah. planet that they've ever been to in an instant. They don't they don't well, start off like that.
1: <laughs> so I'd love to start off, you know, base saying and like work my way up and train and go through all that Same. shit. When I'm like awesome, that. But but also I'd like now. to never die.
0: We, we <laughs> yeah. are just old now. That's the the problem is. Iggy, we're just fucking old now. And and the things that we would have said when we were children, like be a Saiyan, be a, a Pokemon Master, stuff like that. Unfortunately, those things just don't cut it when you're dying. Like we're old and we're old and dying. We need we need our powers to be cracked. I need them to be yeah, yeah, cracked yeah. out of this world. Like their mortality, and I said Tom, so you can tell we're old as fuck. Because both of That's us are right. just trying to live. Like at I'm this just point. To live, at baby. this point, our powers aren't about nothing. We're just trying to live. That's right. Our old that's dad, right. You just mad because your ass is old? Like, that's listen, us. man.
1: Like, uh, I, look. If I could live forever, then it doesn't matter that I that I waited this long to start investing. You know what I mean? I you got just huh? mad
0: because your ass is old. Yo, that's broken. What you just said, by the way. Compounding yeah. interest. Yo, you could know? You like, imagine how, you know how Carlisle Cullen is the richest person in all things fantasy and fun. And
1: uh, that's the guy from Twilight, right? Yeah,
0: he's the guy from Twilight. Apparently, when you Google like richest person in all of fantasy. It's Carlisle Cullen from Twilight because he has money invested that has been invested for, I'm not going to say a thousand years, but hundreds of years or some crazy number like that. And it has compounding interest. So if he was a billionaire a long ass time ago, mind you, he has different names, stuff like that throughout time, but because, you know, he has to, otherwise people will realize what's going on, but he has so much money and it's just been compounding interest on interest on interest throughout years and years and years that he is the richest person in all things fantasy and fun now when that was true it was at least 10 years ago because twilight was still in the, in theaters twilight yeah. hasn't been in theaters in 10 years so it is possible that that could have changed but i remember it was scrooge mcduck it was you know it, it was he has a to...
1: scrooge mcduck swims in his gold yo yes. that's fire
0: <laughs> yes Carlisle cullen topped the list just a random tidbit anyways you know we like the rant okay so the next one is from austin cruz he says, this is on our episode about the new anime stuff that was airing in October. Uh, and he said, I finally watched the new Bleach, and I have read it. And he said, I also watched Chainsaw Man, which I have not read. Both were definitely good watches for different reasons. Bleach being Bleach is always just great to see animated after reading it. I agree. Then he goes on to say, Chainsaw Man definitely has my interest. It's on my list to read, but I have two long manga I'm catching up on first. Restarted One Piece and Hajime no Ippo next. Since, yeah. I, since I haven't read it yet, the story building has definitely pulled my interest, and it'll even get you right in the feels. Not gonna lie, though, part of what kept me from it for so long was it looked a little too ridiculous at first for me, but after watching it, much better than I thought it'd be. Uh, I have some thoughts on this. Your Chainsaw Man thing, I agree with. I didn't read Chainsaw Man when it was really popular in Japan, and this still isn't all that, but when it was all over my timeline i saw it trending chainsaw man is the number one selling manga this month and chainsaw man has usurped one piece is best selling manga in 2022 and all, all this all this stuff right when it was doing all of that i just kept looking at it like i i can't i just can't like i looked at the guy i saw his head was literally a fucking chainsaw so his arms and i was like i just simply can't so watching it and seeing episode one how Denji is like or, is that his name Denji? See, Don't ask me. I forget. I think his name is Denji. Seeing how Denji is pretty, he, his like, name is
1: Chainsaw Man. That's his name is Chainsaw. Seeing <clears throat> how Chainsaw
0: Man's life is just really fucked up. He's basically destitute, and uh, he's funny in his own way. And like his motivations are really funny. And now that I'm like three episodes in, I agree that it's better than I thought. I keep it in my interest. I never would have thought that I would like something like this. But looking at it on the surface, like you did, I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm not reading that. Like I just, I just do not care. It did not pique my interest with the title, the art. It did not do it for me. Uh, but neither did One Piece at first. And here I am being one of the biggest One Piece fans on yeah. the planet. So, like, you know, it is what it is.
1: I've, I've said it before, but uh, I started One Piece out of, like, pseudo-split. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of just, like, started. And then it didn't take long for me to be like, man, I was hating. This yeah. shit's amazing. <laughs>
0: but I, and I, I, I'm I going to always die on this hill. Because a lot of people, I am in a couple Facebook groups that talk about One Piece all the time. Some of them, sometimes they bash it. And sometimes they praise it. For the ones that bash it, it's always about how I tried to start it. I just couldn't get through those first 30 episodes or whatever. The animation is so blah, 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 right? It's all stuff about like how it looks. And I agree. I don't like the way old One Piece looks. I don't like the way it sounds. I don't like a lot of things about the actual original anime personally, which is why when I got in One Piece, I read the manga. Now, some of you fucks can't read. So I guess tough cookies. But if you can read, (laughs) One Piece is literally the best manga (sighs) You will ever read and it's not fucking close I will die on this hill. If you cannot watch it, if for whatever reason you just absolutely cannot stomach it, then please read it. I promise you it is insane. It is just we all aren't lying. Like millions of people on the planet are just not lying. It's been the number 1 manga for fucking years. Like actual Over de-
1: like two decades or something. It shit.
0: has been the best manga rated and set in sales and as not like when naruto was at its peak it wasn't even close you could combine naruto bleach and fucking fairy tale all together and they still weren't oh, dude, s-
1: i'll never forget that i don't remember which year it was but i remember when this when that chart came out yeah. and it really was it was like naruto bleach fairy tale and maybe like two other ones it was like if you combined two through five all <laughs> of their sales it still wasn't like half of one piece of sales yes. that year it was one, insane one
0: piece is by far the best and it's not like we stand but we're also just not liars if you've been listening to this podcast long enough you know that we're just telling the truth like you just you just have to trust us so again think, for, for people who just cannot stomach the anime just read the manga but go ahead kenny I also think
1: reading manga and this goes for a lot of things like i know a lot of people have trouble getting into like the really long anime right like some people might be like i don't want to If you haven't seen Naruto yet, but you you want to get into Naruto because you've heard a lot of people talk about it and you're like, it's so long. One thing you have to realize is, when you look at it and you go like, oh my God, Naruto's 600 episodes, you got to realize that fucking half of those are filler. Like, Naruto's Mm -hmm. actually 300 episodes, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you boil that down, you can read manga faster than you can watch anime because you read it at your own pace. And the manga is generally paced better, all that stuff. So when you read the manga for One Piece or Naruto or any of those other things... Um, it's still long, of course, but you can get through it at so much of a better pace uh, on your own time. And I don't know, it it can be a a better experience in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. And I think that, and it's not even just me hating on the One Piece anime. I just want to like clear up that a little bit for people who maybe this is their first episode ever listening to this podcast. The One Piece anime now is crack. Like it just looks, I still can't get over the big mom Kaido luffy zoro fight i just cannot the animation on that shit they they fucking put the dragon ball super uh, tournament of power soundtrack over that fight and it it worked and it worked because the animation was sick it didn't even look like one piece to me because of what i've known because i have watched i'm one piece but it didn't even look like one piece to me because of how insane the animation was done so now it just holds up as a 2022 anime period full stop um and I do think that there is actually nothing wrong with the One Piece old anime. It's just that it's like somebody trying to play Final Fantasy 7 right now when they can play Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I get it. If you don't yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. back to looking at the characters, be those little models and like the graphics and stuff like that and all the different things about games in the 90s. If you don't want, because One Piece is a 90s anime. If you don't want to go back for those reasons, I totally get it. Like my friend Xavier asked me the other day, can I play Final Fantasy 7 Remake without playing Final Fantasy VII, the original? And I said, you absolutely can. Like you absolutely can. And I said, the only thing is, if I'm being honest, the experience will be enhanced if you play the original for sure, but you can play it raw and it is just a fantastic game by itself. Without you having something.
1: I liked it. They did about seven remake is that it's a game you can play without playing any other final fantasy ever. Yep. But if you've played any other final fantasy specifically seven, it's enhanced.
0: Yes. So that's kind of how I feel about one piece is like it's, the only reason why I really can get it is because I'm by the time I started watching One Piece, it was like 2014 or whatever. Like 2014 when I started reading it. 2014, 2015, something around that time. And so that is at that point, like I'm far past the 90s and those graphics and like that. So I just I just couldn't go back. I, I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything. I personally, wrong
1: with it. I personally really like early One Piece. Uh the graphics, so to speak, don't bother me. And I actually think the pacing of the early anime is, like, pretty good compared to what happens, like, later on in the anime. But everything you said, I understand why it could be difficult for people to go back to it. Um, I will say, just read the manga, because that's mostly what I did. That's what Fraser did. Yeah. That said, if you read the manga and you start getting into it, you should go back to the anime at least for one thing. And that's to hear the music that we all refer to as the Straw Hat Strut. I don't know what the real name of the song is. But the Straw Hats strut, and when the Straw Hats be strutting, you gotta, you gotta see that shit. It's in actually ones.
0: interesting. There are several parts of One Piece that I just actually watched. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Water 7. I watched uh, Hody Jones, the entire Fishman Island. I watched um, Sabote Arch- Archipelago, however you say that shit. I watched That's that a until- hard word. Yeah, it is. I I, watched-
1: I, I think it's Archipelago. Archipelago. And I, think the, I think the only reason why that I know it's pronounced that way is because Dragon Ball Z, like that name was in like, Mm. that's like the name of levels in Dragon Ball Z. It is. And so I've read that for so long that like, eventually I figured out how to say it.
0: Yeah. Cause I've added extra letters to it. I don't even know what I did to the word, but I did some shit to the word. Uh, I've, yeah, I've watched enough of it to the point where I, like, I know the straw hair strut. I know a lot of the music. I know everyone's voice. Um, and I've gone back and just watched all the fights that I needed to see. Like, every single fight that's cool, I watched Enel's fight. Uh, strange enough, I actually, it, despite that being one of my top five arcs for all of One Piece, uh, Skypiea, I've actually never watched that arc in the anime. Like, I've never actually watched I never well, it. I, I didn't watch Arabasta either.
1: That's one of the things about the anime and pacing and stuff is I love Skypea. But something I've noticed is there's a lot of people that hate that arc. And I like couldn't figure out why they hate it, really. And then I go back and I look at the Skypia arc and I read about it. And then basically what I find out is the Skypia arc is the very first arc of the anime that has more episodes than chapters. What that means is that it's paced very bad. Yes. Like the amount of chapters, there's just like the pacing of it, how many episodes end up being like, it's really stressed and padded out. So the content that you get in the manga just doesn't feel as imp- when you watch it in the anime, it's like so stretched and everything. And it, it really kills the viewing experience this for is a lot so, of
0: people. This is so true to the point where when I was told that a lot of people didn't like sky PA years ago, cause Kenny told me this years ago, I was surprised. Yeah. you Remember? I, cause I would, when I was reading one piece, I would be talking to Kenny and like my, my friend Gary and like, Madea, I would be telling them where I was at and like what I was experiencing. And it was amazing for me because every day I had something new to share like oh my fucking goodness this is insane I just got to this part whatever but I never knew that what I was reading was considered like a not the best part of the anime like the anime's padding was so bad during the time I enjoyed the manga so much that I had no idea and that's that's and I I feel like low key and this is not like an attack or, like, um, a criticism of Kenny or anything like that, but low-key, I also feel like that's part of the reason why I just haven't even attempted to to this day, is because I'm low-key just kind of like, man, I know that I'm not... I don't want to have... I don't want my perception to be messed with. It's, it's I do this thing and uh, people... Uh, I'm not the only one. I why this is this st- attack toward me? I'm confused. No, no, I just want to... Because, like, I'm I'm basically saying the reason why I really haven't watched Guy P.A. in retrospect is because you blatantly told me, like, it is not oh, watching yeah. in the manga. I don't want no, to take that as like <laughs> me saying Kenny is the reason why I'm not watching one all One Piece. If that's not oh, the case yeah, yeah. so I don't want it to come off like that. That's why I'm being all like tiptoey about it. But what I was gonna say is uh fuck I think I lost my train of thought.
1: Uh watch old one piece, uh the don't watch it and Skypiea and you were surprised that people don't like it.
0: Yeah I mean I don't know. I I enjoy Sky Whatever I was gonna yeah. say, fuck it. I, I enjoyed it uh reading the yeah, manga it's good. And maybe one day I will go back and just, I honestly want to go back and just watch all of One Piece, but what I really want to happen, and it's not going to happen probably in my lifetime, um, but I really one Piece want Kai. I just want One Piece Kai to exist. Like, I just want Me One too, Piece yeah. Kai to exist. That's all. That's it. I just, there. I just want One Piece Kai to exist. Uh, Austin also said in his lesson letter, before we got to the Chainsaw Man part, it's just like, Bleach being Bleach is always good to see it animated. I agree. The animation is fantastic. Bleach is 100% still Bleach, because as I'm watching it, so I've seen about three episodes now, and I stopped. I haven't seen, I think they're only like episode five or so. I just, I haven't seen Chainsaw Man, Bleach, or um My Hero. I haven't, I'm like three episodes behind on all of them. Yeah. And I think I'm just gonna, I might just wait at this point. Maybe one day if I get bored, I'll just catch up on all of them. But uh, I'm behind. But what I did see of Bleach made me laugh the last episode I saw. I know I saw at least one, two, and three. When I was watching episode three, I laughed at myself because I read the manga to a point. But then I stopped and the anime is so fucking confusing on what's actually happening but the shit talking and the animation and the fights are so good that it the older me just can't help but to like laugh now at the idea of how bleach is just bleach like it's it's exactly that it's exactly what it's always been it's never been known for some crazy storyline it's never been known for like the best writing but it it's great for the reasons that it's great and that's honestly Shit-talking is number one. I think it's the best anime ever for shit-talking. I've never... Captain Commander's line about how there's no place safer in the entire Soul Society than where I stand right now. That line is still fucking uh, unreal. Uh. But yes, Bleach just being Bleach and seeing it animated, couldn't agree more. It is insane. All right, The next one also comes from Austin. It's about life advice. He said, my biggest takeaway from the life advice episode... Now, those episodes are Patreon exclusive. So people who are on our patreon and you've listened to them uh you know you know what we talked about knows if you are not on our patreon check it out we did two episodes on life advice because we realized that it was entirely too long of a topic to just do one and we talked about school we talked about investing uh, we talked about relationships and love life we talked about like dealing with ego problems and enjoying your like just all types of things body issues all types of stuff right um and those episodes are really good like i think that they're really good not only that but they're the second one we did was like two hours and 45 minutes or something crazy. It was
1: long as fuck. It was long we were, as shit. We were going on.
0: Yes. And that is a Patreon exclusive. So that episode is not available anywhere else. And it's damn near three hours long. Uh, but anyways, Austin says my biggest takeaway from this episode was to start dividend reinvestment. So one of the concepts we talked about. And he said, never heard of it before you guys. So I immediately went to turn mine on. No telling how much I lost out from that. Uh, but yeah, then he goes on to say my own personal life advice coming from working in a car shop the past three years, always do a pre-buy inspection from a shop when buying used, when researching for a car, check to see how much tires and oil changes are for the vehicle. That's actually really smart. Yeah. Don't buy an all wheel drive vehicle unless you plan on buying a new set of tires nine out of 10 times when only one is messed up. That's good to know as well. Nitrogen in tires really doesn't count for much unless you live in much colder areas. If you think the mechanic slash salesperson is lying to you, you can ask to see. Uh, I know we showed the customer here. I don't think you finished this one. If you think the mechanic slash salesperson is lying to you, you can ask to see. There's nothing after that. It just says, I know we showed the customer here. So maybe he's saying Carfax. I'm just going to say Carfax there. You can ask to see the Carfax. Uh, and then he says, learn at least a bare minimum about your car, even if you're not a car person. So. That's
1: imp- that is important. I know a lot of people that they have their car, but they don't know shit about cars. And like, I, I look, I get it. I'm not a car person. I don't, also don't have a car. But if You're I God. had a car, um, I would know about my car because I want to make sure I just know how what's going on with it. And I know yes. a lot of people that... They just kind of let their, they, they run their car to the ground and like shit is wrong with and they don't know. They don't get a, like a checkup on their car and their oil changed and their tires realigned and their brakes checked. There's like so much shit that goes into your car and people, people like, I guess just don't realize it. Cause it's such a casual thing that everybody gets when they're like 16 and there's, there's like a bit more to it that you should be aware of that could, you could end up saving money and you know, your life.
0: Yes. Cars are definitely an entire industry hobby they require a lot of work and they're expensive on top of all of that so for me because of how cheap i am as a person especially when it comes to certain things expense exp- i'm very cheap with my expenses specifically because mm-hmm. i know you guys know i'm expensive in other places i am cheap as shit when it comes to expenses i like to keep my expenses very low because of that i just think it's very necessary to if you're going to take on any new expense burden you should know a lot about it so that, that way you don't get juiced That's just how I look at every expense ever. Uh, But these, these were really good. Austin. Thanks for the, uh, the car advice. All right. The next one is from Vincent Zen. And this one is a response to the things we wish we knew when we were younger podcast. Okay. So he says, I wanted to say the stock market part of this podcast was really eye opening, particularly with the stat of an Apple share only costing $16 at the end of 2012. And now it bearing nearly 10 times that value. I've yep. started watching Zip Trader videos, uh, but haven't started my own portfolio yet. One of my friends who follows the market closely said he sees there being even more of a dip in coming weeks. And according to the latest Zip Trader video, that was a fair assessment. So this, this was sent in on October 11th. The market crashed exponentially in October and into November. Uh, it's been recovering a little bit, but... So the zip zip trader was right. Like the market was gonna be catastrophic and reading it, it
1: this letter. And reading this which,
0: letter from October eleventh is kinda of funny because yeah, it actually happened.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, for those of you that don't know, as long as you didn't invest like your life's important money, every time the market crashes, it's a good thing. Because that means you can well, okay, not financial advice. As far as I know, you have to say that, or you can get sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not financial this advice. Is not
0: financial advice. We're not a financial right. podcast.
1: When uh, you know, when it crashes, you know, essentially you can buy stock on a discount. Uh, yeah. you got to do your own research and everything like that. But, but yeah, but that said, you know, don't ever invest. You know your fucking mortgage or you know yeah. your car payment and don't take out that you all your
0: savings and just put them into a stock like Apple and assume that you're going to be a billionaire. and
1: yeah, that years. that Apple thing is cool. Like he said, it was eye opening. I remember uh, my brief time in college. I think it was 2010. I think maybe 2010 or 2011. And mind you, that's before 2012. Right? Math. Um. At that time, there was already stories of people being like, yeah. Like, it's already too late to, I, I remember people saying, like, it's already too late to invest in Apple then. Like, Apple's established, it is what it is, like, you can't get rich off yeah, Apple, blah, blah. Like, I remember in 2010, 2011, people saying, like, like, oh, we need to find the next Apple to invest in. Which is, like, fine, but what everybody was ignoring is that, like, you could still just invest in Apple. <laughs> yep. And, like, the ne- as the next 10 years showed, like, yeah, that, that still would have been a very safe fucking bet.
0: Yep. So here, here's Vincent's second paragraph. So he said the zip traded thing about the market crashing even more well, as a fair assessment. But then he goes on to say, and I love this because I love answering this. He says, I agree it's a fair principle to invest in a product that you use all the time. But my main question is, couldn't we argue that Apple's boom and continual rise coincided with a boom in technology in general? I remember near 2012, the state of smartphones was still very primitive. In comparison now, our phones are literally mini supercomputers. There are a ton of factors for why Apple has continued to be top of the tech world, but when not we need another massive technological boom for Apple to continue raising their stock as they did in the last 10 years? You did mention Apple is working on their own electric vehicle, and that can be promising, but as a nobody who doesn't keep up with technological advances, doesn't it feel like our technological ceiling has been reached, and there isn't too much higher we can go to improve our smartphones, tablets, smartwatches, etc.? Like, where can we go from here with new innovation that actually be marketable and sell well? So that's a lot to unpack. But the first thing you said was, uh, couldn't we argue that Apple's boom and continual rise coincided with a boom in technology in general? I shouldn't say, unfortunately. The thing that you have to understand about investing in stocks and companies is you don't need there to be constant, insane innovations in technology for the company to continue to raise its stock price and continuously pay out profits and do well, those two things are not linked uh Apple has just been coasting for the last ten years, like they've made airpods, which have so th- this is this is multilayered. Let me just start off by completely uh saying that it is false that there have been no advancements or major advancements lately because fucking airPods just did not really exist, and they are everywhere now. And every company's making their own version of them. Google has their own version now. Samsung has their own version. There's a ton of now AirPod-like devices. But AirPods were revolutionary. Like the idea of having po- like two headphones in your ears that have no cord whatsoever, like just two fucking little things in your ear, that shit has been like, it completely revamped everything in terms of just hearing. Like the way we hear music, the way we hear our devices. So that is a huge uh, change in society. Also, like I'm wearing an Apple Watch right now when I used to take public transportation to work, literally every—I remember looking around. Every single person had some kind of smart device. Like they were wearing like wearable technology. In the last ten years, is also a huge change in the way we live our lives. I think that in the last ten years, there's a lot, a lot of things that you probably take for granted, and don't really realize how much better they've gotten. Also, just think about like Twitch and the streaming world, and how that is a career now. And ten years ago, that just that shit just is not like where it is now. Like not even close. Yeah.
1: Even if you look at, like, um, cars like Tesla and shit, how the the dashboard in a Tesla is a fucking computer. Yes. Like, there's... That's something we used to talk about, like, having a a TV in your car. Like, there's literally a screen in your car that can do so much more than what a TV is. I think that... uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but something about, like, technology essentially advances exponentially, right? Like, at one point, having kilobytes was a lot having megabytes was a lot floppy like having having a single gig was a lot we went from one gig being a lot of space to 30 gigs yeah to 100 gigs to a thousand gigs yes so now we and then then it went to like hard drives are kind of outdated now we have ssds and if you don't know i'm not going to explain but hard drives the ssds so like different we have different kinds of memory that do different things and now i remember 10 years ago ssds
0: were not they were not the standard like they are. They weren't
1: the standard and like only really computer heads had them. And even then they only had them for like their OS and they would would usually have them like smaller amounts, like 120 gigs or 60 gigs. Now you can just get terabyte SSDs, which I understand that that all still sounds like small advancements, but there's so many things that happen in the computer world, in the technology world that advances on itself and like grows at such a large rate. Like even if you think it just like, the way I don't know the exact date, but the way Amazon has sort of revamped the way people shop in general on a whole. Uh, yes. Like I said, Tesla with the cars, Apple is doing what they're doing. And then on top of that, you have to remember that everything that's old is new again. People reinvent things. I was laughing so hard because I keep seeing commercials at my work um, about flip phones. There's like these new phones, these new touch screen <laughs> phones that they're flip phones. And there's this big commercial talking about like how cool and innovative they are. And they do all this cool stuff. And like, you can set your phone up because it like flips and it can be its own stand and like take pictures and stuff. And I'm, and I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, they're literally selling flip phone phones like they're new. Now it's new that it's a, a full touchscreen phone that's a flip phone, but it's just funny because whenever you run out of ideas or there's a lull in ideas, you can always look at what we used to do and find out how to do what we used to do in a new way and reinvent it in that way. So there's a lot to happen. You, I think you'll be surprised next 10 or 20 years. We're going to have technology that you're gonna like, holy shit, I can't believe this is a thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, in the last 10 years, I just want to add more to this conversation. Uh, Apple also released the smart home device. Mind you, I'm not Googling anything. I'm just going off the top of my head. But they released smart home devices where I literally can control every appliance in my house. By telling Siri to do so, or I'm not going to say her name right now, but she's the Amazon version of Siri. There's so many smart devices now that exist, but Apple led the charge with that shit. Like Siri was the no- Siri was number one, and then came the A Girl from Amazon. I don't want to say her because she's literally sitting on my desk and I Siri. Waiting, she's she, is waiting she's to talk. Some start shit, talking crazy. Like actually, she's I was number <laughs> one. I was in development first, but I just didn't get released <laughs> until after the Own Girl Siri. So anyway. Uh, Siri and just the advancements that Siri has made in not only smart devices, just being able to, like, home appliances and smart home appliances and things like that, but that is something that we take for granted, too. And Apple has led the charge in that. They bought Beats as a company in the last 10 years. That way, they eliminated their competition, and now we have AirPods Max, and we have AirPods in general, like, all of those things. And, like, you even brought up the fact that I said that they're making an Apple car in the next 10 years. They even hired... The president, I believe, or CEO of Ferrari is working on, like they, Apple now has that guy working on their smart car. So it's insane because on one hand, you're like, oh, we hit the ceiling, but I strongly disagree.
1: I, yeah. I, I want to say real quick on the, on the note of what you're saying and like what I just previously said, uh, the everything's old new again. And then you brought up your Apple watch watches were dead. Watches were completely, yeah, like, yes. I don't know how old everybody is, but I'm I'm in my 30s, right? Early 30s. When I was really little, watches were, like, cool. They were, like, a thing of status if you had like, a really nice watch, right? But then, watches completely died when smartphones first started to take off and become a thing. Like, the idea of having a watch was a fucking joke. And then, the Apple Watch started becoming a thing. And when that first became a thing, it was a joke. People were like, watches are dead. We're not wearing watches again. They're not a thing. But, like, the Apple Watch was innovated and, like, pushed so far that now watches are a thing again. And, like, so many people have not just Apple Watches, but smart watches in general that are connected to their phone. People wear
0: wearable technology. It's everywhere. Literally, when I walk down the street, like, if you just leave your house at any point, go to the grocery store. And it's not wintertime because people have on coats and shit, so you can't see it as well. But, like, if you were in the summer and you just go to the grocery store, I guarantee you 60% of people you see are just going to have on wearable technology.
1: And it's crazy because like that was a dead market until it got reinvented in yes. a technological way. And i there's there's going to be ways that things we never thought of are going to get reinvented in that way, and yeah. somebody's going to make a fucking billion dollars but off I it. Uh,
0: but I also want to say, because I started on this point earlier, you don't need that to happen for Apple to yeah. continue to be profitable. Their main products, the iPhone, the MacBook, the iMac, those their main products are literally carrying like they're just carrying with their main products people are still buying iphones every single year like me um people still buy macbooks every other year or whatever and so their their product line is so fucking strong and they have the highest brand recognition like honestly you know an apple product when you see one they just have incredible brand recognition their marketing is insane everyone knows an iphone when they see an iphone everyone knows a macbook when they see a macbook you know an apple watch when you see an apple watch their marketing is so strong and their brand recognition is so high that they will constantly just sell products really well as long as people, of course, have money. Now, right now, the economy's shit. But, like, once yeah, the but, economy bounces back, because the economy's always going to have its cycles, it's always going to be like this. It's always going to crash and then rebounds.
1: Even then, it's like, it's a rich get, rich get richer thing where Apple, like you said, is so ingrained in the society in a way where, like... I don't, unless they really fuck something up, yeah. I don't really see how they get eliminated from the game. Like they're just kind of, yeah. Par, it's like how, since I was a child, I knew what a Lamborghini was, right? Yes, and I like Lamborghinis are still, like they haven't gone anywhere and doesn't yeah. look like they're going anywhere. Ferraris, Fords, like they are ingrained in that part of the world, that like part of that culture, and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And Apple is ingrained in that part of our culture And unless they personally do something to completely ruin their company, I don't think they're going, even if their stock gets smaller or like their market share gets smaller, I think they'll still have such a large part of it and be such a huge part of just our everyday because they're just already so integrated. It's hard for them to like not be.
0: Yeah. And Apple's financials look amazing. I'm not going to get into detail about all of that, but they are a very cash heavy company. Um, most companies that you see, even operating at a very high level and doing really well, have a lot of debt. Apple has the most cash out of any company in the fucking world. It is not even close. The amount of cash Apple has compared to every other company is alarming. Like, they just have so... They're so liquid. And that is amazing. To, that's an amazing position to be. When interest rates are all over the place, there's uncertainty with the economy, Apple, nothing will go wrong. Like Apple will be fine. You don't have to worry about that company. But the overarching point was invest in things that you use yourself, because I just find it weird that you use something like Google or an Apple device and you buy Apple devices every so often, but you're not willing to believe in a company at all. Like that just seems strange to me. Like I order on Amazon every week. I just ordered a bunch of random shit on Amazon last night, actually, that's coming tomorrow because it'll be two days. And I can't like I bought more Amazon stock because it it went down like it all of tech went down in the last two weeks and we actually have our little me Kenny and a couple of our friends have a little like Discord group chat that's just about investing and somebody asked me hey have you been buying anything as far as stocks go because you know the market's crashing so bad like what are you doing? and I was like yeah I actually just recently bought some Amazon and I so I sent a screenshot and of me having bought Amazon because it it went down so much it's at a pretty good price or it was when I bought it I don't know where it's at right now because I haven't been like tracking it to the day but i dollar cost average which means i buy little by little i put in you know a thousand here a thousand there and if the price keeps going down i'll keep i'll keep investing and then when it starts going up i'm like all right well i got it at a discounted price and then go from there
1: i hate Fraser. (laughs) i hate that he said i dollar cost average i put a little here a little there a thousand a thousand
0: (laughs) (laughs) you saw the screenshot
1: I, i i i did but I'm just saying, I also dollar cost average. But when I do it, is I put 10 here, 10 there, 10, <laughs> well, like,
0: whatever I, you're comfortable I, with.
1: I, I dollar cost average with tens. My man, he doubled my zeros. Like,
0: what the? Like, <laughs> Listen, whatever you're comfortable with. My with zeros, I'm sorry. Tripled my <laughs> zeros. Whatever you're comfortable investing, do it. But I think that this idea that we're at this ceiling, if that's keeping you from starting an investment portfolio, like you're doing it wrong. Like to be frank, you're just doing it wrong. You as you have to get some skin in the game. You the the way the stock market works. This is a quote that I heard from ZipTrader, and honestly, from reading it from other forums and things like that. And it's just true when you think about it. Time in the market is better than trying to time the market. If you're looking for some golden opportunity, of like when I guess all the chips are down and. It's right before Apple's about to announce some crazy new product. So that way if you buy it now, then it'll make you a millionaire overnight. If you're looking for some golden opportunity, it's not, it's not going to happen. But if you're in the stock market, you have money in the market and you let 10 years pass, 15 years pass, right? It's been proven that over the course of time, money in the market just makes more money. you can look at the S and P 500, the top 500 companies, like if you have invested in that index fund it has generated anywhere from like 6 to 8% year over year on average yep. like it, it has yeah go ahead
1: like to in order to do it in the simplest like non scary way just like do the, the the proven safe stuff that won't make you a millionaire overnight like if you try to like that's where people lose money is when they take the risky bets and try to become millionaires overnight if you just go with the proven safe stuff like let's say apple or the S&P 500 like you won't become a millionaire tomorrow, but in 10 years, you will 99.9% chance most likely have more money than you did 10 years before.
0: Yeah. And that is just how the market has been trending. That is not an opinion. It is just based off if you pull up any graph of the S&P 500 or pull up a graph of Apple or any of the other major companies and just look at what's happened with their stock in the last 10 years. Look at it 10 years ago. Look at it now. You will see that what we are saying is just an actual mathematical fact. Again, this is not financial advice. I'm not telling you to buy any No, company. it's not. However... No, it's not. I
1: don't know shit.
0: <laughs> however, at the end of the day, I always tell people, if you think that this economy that we're in right now, where the stock market has, like, crashed, it's going down, everything's going down, um, if you think that this is the end and it will never rebound, if you believe that, we have much bigger problems than the stock market. If you That's think true. that... If you think that all the tech companies that have been crashing and laying off employees like Meta, Google, like if you think all of these companies that are crashing and doing poorly in the stock market right now, if you think that that is going to last forever, that this that 2022 is where the buck ends here, like this is where it stops. If you think they are never going to recover, we have a problem. We have a bigger problem than you putting whatever amount of money you were going to put in the stocks. That's true. That's so true. I'm saying this because. The economy, the stock market, it always recovers and it always comes back more ferocious than it was before. That is just a
1: fucking crashes. fact. It's, it's always, always going to come back and it's always going to crash. But like the point is, since before we were born, this has been a thing. Yes, you know, no reason why it's going to stop while I'm alive. The right Great
0: around. Recession happened. The Great Depression, I should say. This is the Great Recession now. The Great Depression happened. You know, over a hundred years, a hundred years ago, basically, not over hundred years, yeah. but like a hundred years ago that happened and now look at everything that like the the US did not fucking get worse it's only yeah. gotten better from a financial standpoint from a gdp 2008 standpoint 2008 happened stock market.
1: you guys remember when we all the crashed in the 08. Yep.
0: yeah so again like there's honestly i don't have any fears with the stock market because i one i'm not putting in money that i don't have like i'm not putting in more than i can afford that's the first thing and i also only invest in companies that i personally believe in and use both of them are a criteria for me. Now, if I don't sometimes, you know, I invest in charge point, which is like a charging station for uh, electric vehicles, but that's because I believe that the electric vehicle market is the future. I think yeah, that all not
1: vehicles, because you use them. Like for example, me, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not really an Apple guy. I personally at the moment don't own any Apple pro- like I used to have the iPod and stuff, but yeah. I don't think at the moment I own a single Apple product, but you know, I'll invest in Apple, sure. Why yeah. not? Because even though I don't use that company, it's it's like I don't have anything against Apple, and I they're just such a proven company that it's yeah, like
0: it's so proven. I mean, it's still the number one company in the world, right? It's been that way for several years. It's the first company to cross a trillion dollars in valuation. It's just the it's the smart. It's what they call the smart money. It's just the smart money. It's the it's the easiest thing to put your money in. I mean, even Warren Buffett has so much money invested in a company. Like, I don't know what more else you have to see to know. Like, if you are not an expert, just trust the experts. Like you, that's the thing about the world we live in. You don't have to be the know it all.
1: That's true. It's more important. It's actually so much more important to know, to know how to Google than it is to know things. Because anybody can know anything if they Google it. And like, There is a skill in knowing how to, like, knowing how to obtain, like, knowing how to get information, knowing how to go and obtain information is a skill that a lot of people don't have. And learning how to get information, in my opinion, is better than just knowing all the information because, like, nobody can know everything.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so to answer your question, doesn't it feel like our technological ceiling has been reached? I strongly disagree. I mean, we're literally sending people into space for fucking $12 million at this point. Like... There are so many things happening with technology that I.
1: If going in this space becomes something you can do for $1,000, are you going to do it, Frazier?
0: Me personally, no. I'm black. But, like, though I know people that that's going to be a big market for people, though, eventually. Like, you know how at one point uh, plasma TVs were outrageous? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. and now, well, one plasma TVs don't even really exist anymore. Now, OLED TVs are the hot thing. And there was.
1: Plasma point, sucks.
0: And there was a There's point where. Uh, what was it? Curved TVs were a big thing. There was a point with 3D TVs, also not a thing anymore, really. Um, all of these types of TVs were a thing and they were extremely expensive and eventually what happened with them is that they all the prices started out ridiculous and then they slowly came down to where they were just affordable by everybody. And eventually they get to a point where Black Friday, Walmart has a 3D TV for 200 bucks, 65 that's, inch.
1: That's the other thing that's crazy about technology. And This is what I kind of learned when I got into building my own computer. I have this thing where it's like I personally I never buy the newest thing outside of like when you kind of have to. Like, for example, I have to buy the newest game system if I want to play. Like, there's no yes. way for me to play the new game rise, if I don't have the have new game system. Right. Switch, yeah. But in in terms of like building the computer or like getting TVs and stuff like general technology, not like video games. I never buy the newest graphics card. I'll buy the graphics card from one year ago because that graphics card is still insane Yep. But the amount cheaper it is after one year is absurd. So that's the other crazy thing about technology is that it all, it almost always innovates and gets better. It's almost always insanely expensive. And then in like a couple of years, that same thing is fucking anybody can afford. It. Yes.
0: And it's not like it's any less ridiculous as it was a year or two ago. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I always talk about PSP uh, SD cards, but in general storage, just storage, external hard drives, I remember when buying a terabyte would be like $500. Now I got a two terabyte. I got a two terabyte for like 40 bucks. Yep. And it's nice. It's like a sand. I think a sand disc or I don't know. It's, it's really nice. It's a, it's a reputable name brand and it was legit 40 bucks and it was two, it's two terabytes. And I put all our podcast episodes on it as a backup for our podcast episodes. But Yeah. So, Alright, well anyways, let's move on. There's one le- one last uh listener letter here, and it is again from our boy Austin. So that's how many? One, two, three, four. Austin had four. Uh, So this one is on Wildheart. Uh, for people who may not remember what that was, Wildheart is... Is it called Wildheart or Wildhearts? I don't know. But it is a game that is coming out, and it is essentially is a rival to Monster Hunter. So a lot of the concepts, the way the game works... It's very Monster Hunter like, so if you enjoy Monster Hunter, you most likely will like Wild Hearts. Um, but it is coming out, and Kenny and I were we we talked about it in an episode. And if they come out with a demo, I'm 100 percent playing it. I'm sure Kenny will yep. as well. But this yes, is a response sir. to that. So Austin says, so much, uh, so as much fun as this game looks, personally, I'll probably skip it. Other than the fact I don't have a PS5, I can keep up with multiple games that are similar. Because I know I'll know life myself, and I'll just want to stick to Monster Hunter. Also, this is why I stuck to Yu Gi Oh instead of really getting into other card games. Although I still do draft Magic the Gathering. Are there any games or anything like that that you stay away from because you know you'll like it too
1: much? The most.
0: Yep. Immediately, Final Fantasy fourteen, Final Fantasy eleven. I remember when they were huge. I love Final Fantasy games. I you know I played pretty much all of them except six and five. I played every single one else besides that. I, I refuse.
1: I, re- I know for 100% fact, if I really got an FF 14, it would have a negative impact on my life. Me too. And like, I want, well, not anymore. Cause it's been out for so long and I've been able to keep myself away from it. But there was a time when I wanted to play that game so bad. And I just forcefully did not play it. Cause I just knew it would not be good for my life.
0: I agree with exactly what Kenny said. There are plenty of games Like that, but basically, you can just sum them up with the umbrella term MMOs. I am so scared of MMOs, like real MMOs, not some Monster Hunter four player nonsense. Like, I'm talking about the real ones that are going 24 hours a day people are always on. So you'll eventually make friends who are like in Korea. And so when it's 4 a.m. here and it's 4 p.m. there, they're playing. So if you just want a complete degen and no life that you'll log on and see your friend in Korea, who's playing at the time and you can just play from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. when it's 4 a.m. his time. And that can just continue until one of you either dies or eventually goes to sleep for three hours, only to wake up and do the same thing off a Red Bull again. I don't want that for myself. And that would be me.
1: Yeah, I I've, I have a very um, obsessive personality when I get into things. Like, Me too. Like, I have a thing that I'll get into and I become obsessed with it. And basically all I do, like, I'll just use Monster Hunter as an example because that's what we're talking about. When I was obsessing over Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak, it was literally all I would think about. When I would go to work, I would constantly, like, if I had free time, I would, like, open up my phone and I'd go to the Monster Hunter subreddit. Yeah. right? And I'd like, Google Monster Hunter. And, like... I become obsessed, and I just, like, want to look at Monster Hunter stuff all day, and I want to watch Monster Hunter YouTube videos, and I'll just have, like, there's so much shit I've learned about game, like, Monster Hunter, I'll just say, about that franchise, because when I'm in that mode, I just want to, like, listen to people talk about it, I want to read about it, I want to see things about it, and it's just, like, I become obsessed, and I have that obsessive thing, and so when... When I played when I played Maple Story all those years ago, like I was fucking obsessed with it, and I would play it for so many goddamn hours. When I, whenever I play FF10 for the tenth time, I become and I like I want to one hundred percent it and get everything and do everything. It's like I've already done all of this. Why am I doing it again? It's like I don't, I don't know. I just fucking I just do. And so you got to like keep yourself away from something sometimes.
0: I agree with Kenny one hundred percent. I honestly can't even say it better uh, with Monster Hunter specifically because that's the game that I've played the most in the last ten years out of all of our franchises of games. Moss Hunter is a game I've given the most time to. And uh yeah, I'm obsessive. Just it's kind of scary because I guess I did know that about Kenny, but like I've gotten to experience it with Monster Hunter Rise because this is the first one that he's taken seriously and really played it as much as I have. But it's interesting that everything that he just said, it almost sounded like he was just speaking about my life. That's how that's how similar we are. Like when I'm working, if I get a break at any point, it's Monster Hunter uh even when i don't get a break sometimes it might be my son <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh you know what i mean like i might just dip off real quick to be like i just need to google this real quick like does is this great sword actually better than this one? <laughs> like it might just at a random moment during work i might just be like fuck i need to know are dual blades doing more dps than a long sword in some break like i just need to know constantly and then a the youtube videos don't help because i'm subscribed to like 18 channels that all talk about my Hunter. so if i click on my youtube uh bookmark a bunch of shit comes up and I got to watch all these different videos. They're only like five minutes or whatever, but I got to watch all of them. And it's very obsessive. And I played a game for 16 hours a day when it first comes out. And I love those days. And me and Kenny, we have a great time with our friends and we have Discord groups and all type of stuff. And it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. But the good thing about Monster is that eventually it dies off. And MMOs yeah. don't. And that, yep. is the, that is the part for me that's kind of scary. The people who I know who are playing who were playing Final Fantasy 14 eight years ago i'm playing final fantasy 14 right now
1: i know people who literally so they played ff14 on the ps3 and the only reason why they bought a ps4 was to play ff14 with the graphics being slightly like slightly better resolution yeah and i know those same exact people bought a ps5 with no intention of playing any other game on the ps5 they bought it so they could play FF14 on the... So, like, they've been playing since PS3, all the way through PS4, now on PS5, and they're still playing FF14. And, like, it's still the same game, and but, like, there's new content that gets added, etc. Yeah. And, like, it is their fucking game, and it has consumed a part of their life where they buy consoles to play... Like, they could still play it on their PS4. They don't need to buy the PS5. But they're so obsessed with FF14 that they have to buy a PS5 to play it on that. And it's like, I, I don't want to be there.
0: I didn't even know that that was a thing. By the way, I thought that yep. in my head, those games—I know that they can be console, but I always had it in my head that they were just PC games. Um, I didn't know that they like—I like, didn't know that I could play Final Fantasy XIV on PS Five. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, you can, and you could play it on the PS3. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the servers are still up for the PS3 version, but you could play it from the PS3 all the way up through the PS5.
0: Wow, that's insane. And
1: yeah. your account transfers, like. Like, they didn't have to restart the game. Like, their account went. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I follow that part because that would be no one's doing that because the whole point of people playing MMOs is that they have had their character since the beginning and their characters become worth a lot of money because they have relics and stuff that you can no longer get. It was only available at this one festival in 2007. Yeah. (laughs) Your character just doesn't have it. You ain't got it. I don't know what to tell you. This mount only existed in 2014. If you didn't get this mount, then you can never get this mount unless I give it to you or trade it to you or whatever. Yep. Uh, so anyways, uh, the end of this lesson letter, Austin goes on to say, also, are there any old mechanics or monsters you'd like to see come back in any future Monster Hunter games expansion slash expansions? I'm probably the anomaly, pun intended on this, but I really like that. I really enjoyed the underwater fights. Having the extra joystick adapter on 3DS didn't make it so bad and was actually kind of enjoyable. Fighting Abyssal Lagia crews with the current generation would be interesting to see. Also, the giant chitooloo squid that was spin around will be fun to fight again. Uh, Yamato, I think. So, there are a lot of monsters in Monster Hunter that I would like to come back at some point, but to not even, like, try to list them off and all that, I honestly just want a Monster Hunter game that's like Smash Ultimate. Everyone is here. I just want a Monster Hunter game, but I need it to be a console game and not, like, whatever the one is that you can play, like Frontier or some shit. Um that has like a bunch of shit. Like I, I want that, but for on a console that's mainstream, that everyone's going to be playing with me, like all my friends will be playing. Cause if I play on PC, I'm playing by myself. Like my friends do not play yeah. on PC. My friends play on the systems. So I just want a monster Hunter game where everyone is here. Smash ultimate. Every monster that's ever been created for Monster, Hunter, I want every single one of them in a game, period.
1: So yeah, to my knowledge, the one that did that, and even then it wasn't all of them, but like, it was double cross, right? Like double, yeah, double cross was like, yes. It was the Smash Ultimate of Monster Hunter. Even then, it still wasn't all of them, but it was like the closest they've ever it gotten. Was the closest, it, yeah. it was huge, and from what I understand, is Double Cross was basically a celebration of like the ending of the old generation of Monster Hunter before like Monster Hunter World, basically. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be awesome to get essentially a a console double like a Monster Hunter World level game with like the Double Cross because there have been content. a lot
0: of monsters in World and Iceborne and then going into Rise and Sunbreak, that a lot of monsters have been added since then. Yeah. Like, since Double Crawls, there have been a ton of monsters added, and a ton of boss monsters and crazy shit. Um, Safi Jeevan, all that stuff from World and Iceborne, like, all the things we have now. Like, Miles Zeno is one of the coolest fucking monsters in the entire frame He teleports, actually. Like, when I first saw that shit on the demo, I couldn't believe it, because I was like, Yo, is my game glitching, or did he actually, no, actually he? close He's his cape... Or his wings, which are representative of a vampire's cloak, <laughs> did he close his cloak and fucking teleport like a vampire? Yeah. Like that shit. W-
1: he flashed stepped in real life, yo. He didn't. He did not care.
0: So like, I just need ever I just need everyone to be here to make it simple. I'm not going to list up like, oh, Devil Joe Nergaante. Like I'm not like it. I want them all. Yeah, yeah. I'm we, want them all. we I'm want them all. I want them all. Yeah, yeah. But
1: like they- the thing is, they could do it. Like
0: yeah, 100.
1: We- percent We already know they can do it because they did it. But they did it with the old model, so I, I get that it's gonna take a budget, but I would love, because it won't be the next Monster Hunter, but two or three Monster Hunters from now, like, I would love another, like, Double Cross, or Generations Ultimate, for those, for, if you don't know that, that's Double Cross. I would love for another Monster Hunter like that, that it's, like, the new gen that started with Monster Hunter World, with the fucking updated crazy graphics and all that other shit, and it's, like, damn near every fucking monster that ever existed. Yeah, From Velocidrome to to uh,
0: Melzino, whoops, I almost cut Kenny off. I was like, all right, well, that wraps up this one, <laughs> anyways. But yes, I agree, I agree. I just want everything. I'm greedy, I think we're both greedy. Uh, the question we had earlier about any superpower look at what we did. We're the same oh, way, yeah. we're consistent, we're consistent. Like, we're <laughs> yeah. we want it all or nothing at all. So, it all. <laughs> all right, before we get out of here, of course, I can't leave you guys without giving a shout out to literally. The people who have been supporting us honestly for a while now on our Patreon. Uh so special shout-outs go to Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garrett, Xavier, Hylian, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinnie Casello, Giovanni Avellos, Andre Reynolds, CJ, Dubk Dad One, Dan Vrabel, First to Home, Dalas Fernares, S. Akuma, Mitchell Nels, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Sephiris, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick thing Stango, Hansor, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria. Uh, Sunny Top Cup Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Jalen Haskins, Arale Melfi Slump, Dominic Couch, and Kang Petty. Also, I want to say this. So this is November. It's a holiday season going into December and November. Um, we Our scheduling is going to be a little weird because we're going to be spending time with our families come Thanksgiving. And we definitely won't be recording like that week because... Thursday is Thanksgiving, we normally release an episode on Thursday, so I'm pretty sure it will not be an episode coming out that, that time, but we still will be doing our Patreon exclusive episode because you guys legitimately, not only do you support us financially, but you guys fucking deserve it. For that, uh, we need topics because we've covered a lot of the ones that we did in the last poll, which was like life advice, card game theory, all that stuff, so we cleared all of that. Now we need topics for this month and hopefully for December as well. So, if you have ideas that you want to hear for a Patreon exclusive episode that Kenny and I can discuss, let us know and it will most likely happen because at this point, right now, we don't really have like a specific episode that we're going to do for the uh, extra episode in November. So, I just want to throw that out there now. While it's pretty early, it's November 13th, we usually record it around the end of the month. So, I just want to get the word out there now that if you have an idea of something that you want to hear, Uh, let us know and we'll make it a Patreon exclusive uh, if it's a really good one. And if not, then we'll do it in the next month or whatever. But yeah, just want to get that out there now. Um, Is there anything else that we have to talk about? We're going to have a really nice special guest coming up. Uh, And yeah, we're going to do our God of War episode. i talked about this a little bit, but we'll be doing a full God of War 2018 episode. And then we'll be doing a God of War episode for Ragnarok because I just started Ragnarok today. So I am nowhere near... End of the game, and my one friend apparently beat it already. Which I'm like, What the fuck? Like, how? But apparently, he beat it already. So, you know, yeah, I don't, and I don't know, I don't want to accuse him of just like going straight through the game without doing anything on the side because he could have played the game for 60 hours, which would have been everything because I think the game is like 60 hours or something. If you do everything, so he could have done everything and just no life did it since it came out Wednesday and now it's Sunday. That's totally possible, but like. I just, I don't know. I just don't know. I just do not know. So
1: I always, you know, I don't, I don't like doing this either, but I know I stream a lot. I, and I take a long time on games and people will be like, oh, you know, I beat that game in three days. I can't believe you're still on it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Did you have fun? Cause like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like I and don't get me wrong. Some people's fun is I guess speed running it, but speed running games with a story seems weird to me. Uh, personally like I, I don't know. Like I just like I like all the side things that add to the lore and overall feel and and the breadth of the game. So to speedrun a game with a story just never spoke to me. Like, I like speedrunning monsters in Monster Hunter. I like killing them as fast as possible because Monster Hunter doesn't have a story. And the goal of the entire game is to kill monsters and wear them. So, like, I enjoy killing a monster in two minutes. That that makes me happy. But beating a game that has a storyline and a bunch of side content that they've put in there for you to honestly expand on the world and expand on a game it doesn't make sense to me but everyone has fun in their own way so i will be taking my time with ragnarok and i started streaming it today because i got like literally i posted on facebook all right well anyways fuck this Yu Gi Oh drama i'm about to go play god of war ragnarok do y'all want anything and literally like the first three comments were like we want you to stream it so i was like what the fuck and i i responded saying i don't think me streaming god of war is going to be the the fantasy y'all think it is because though I'm a wall crawler, I literally told everybody I wall crawl. I literally will turn around. So I'll get to a point where there's a fork in the road. I'll go one way. I'll go the other way. Then I might even backtrack. I do that a lot and got a war because I don't like missing things. And I, I am just such a completionist when it comes to certain stuff. So the way I play it, I don't think it's interesting to watch me go backwards a bunch of times because I even did it today. Like I was on stream. And I still decided I was going backwards a lot in the beginning of the game. And I found chest and all types of like hacked silver and shit like that, because that's, that's, it makes me happy to do that. Um, but some other streamers, I guess that they might just go straight forward and never turn the camera backwards. And that's just how they play. So if you want to watch me stream by all means, let me know, but I, I'll stream again, God of war, but honestly, like if people are really interested in it, then I'll just, I'm just going to play it myself and then just eventually do the podcast on it. Um, yeah, Kind of good. It's kind of—it's kind of how I feel about that total, that type of thing. But uh, all right, well, we're getting out of here. As always, I do the things that make you happy, including accepting the fact that the time rules and Yu Gi Oh still suck. And mm. sometimes you're going to be in the good side of it. Sometimes you're going to be in the bad side of it.
1: And if you were anything like Fraser, and time control was your superpower, the time rules wouldn't concern you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>